Daredevil, Scrotal Recall is really funny. Scrotal Recall, right. Yes. yes. I, it's That's on my queue. I haven't started that yeah. one Yeah, oh, queue it up. Um, I love binge watching. Yeah, I mean, I binge and not just, I mean, look at the size of me, man. I'm a binger. Did not leave the house until I just hours and hours every day, and I loved it. I am a big watcher. Four Midwest Guys presents Binge Watch. everybody and welcome to four midwest guys presents binge watch that's right we're a brand new podcast dedicated to online streaming content uh today we're going to review daredevil season one here with me today to help me review that is my brother aaron hey how's it going man how's it going dude that's all right good you ready to dig into daredevil season one where it all started i I, i've loved the season so yeah i'm i'm more than happy to kind of jump into it all right so uh we got a lot to cover so we might as well just get right into it uh, Daredevil Season 1, uh, this was really the first uh, Netflix uh, Marvel uh, comic book adaptation. Yeah, it, um, it kind of sets the way for a lot of the other shows they've done, like Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage since then. Mm-hmm. But really, this is kind of the first one that kind of set the template for how that universe is going to work. Mm-hmm. And kind of what we see is something much darker than the Marvel film series. Oh, absolutely. It allows it to go in a lot of different ways, and really allows it to be more violent. It has a longer storyboard focus. Mm-hmm. It gives the possibility of doing a lot of things we haven't been able to see or do within the Marvel Universe, at least film universe. Uh, very much so. And it's only 13 episodes. And what was cool about it, though, is every episode is as long as it needs to be. Yeah. It's not set at one hour. It's yeah, not it set really at is an hour just, and a half. It's, it's almost like when you read a book and like chapters vary in size and length. Right. Like, it's as long as the chapter needs to be to tell that part of the story. That particular story, which is really cool, really. Yeah. I mean, it's you can't get away with that on network TV at all. No, and I mean, I think that's one of the reasons this is more open, and I think this is one of the reasons you have kind of this golden age of television where you have really high production values, you have really quality storylines, and you have a lot of things you can do that you weren't able to do traditionally even, you know, five, six years ago. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... It's very like you were saying. It's dark and it's gritty. Um, it's I think Daredevil's a really good fit for their first character. Yeah, especially since they're wanting to focus more on a kind of more local level hero and not like a big Captain America or X Men sort of character. Right. He's really is a street level hero per yeah, se. Yeah, I mean he's pretty much the devil of Hell's Kitchen. So right, like there's a neighborhood you he's know the neighborhood. involved. He's a, the Batman of the neighborhood watch. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially kind of what it is. Like it's yeah. it's a step up from Neighborhood Watch, except you have like demons and other like weird like Doctor Doom type characters that pop up in the comics. So, which is very cool. But you know, the other thing I liked is is it still exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, yeah, they talk about an alien it. invasion in this one. Yeah, I think that's something that's. While I think Agents of Shield has a hard time with this at spots, I think the Netflix series has incorporated 
the film universe very well. And especially because they've only really had to do it in a few spots. And it all kind of happened before the series starts. Yes. So and, it's made it a lot easier on the writing staff there, I think. I think so. I, it, it really... Uh, I, I just like... It, it's just nice that it all exists. It's one big story. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you're looking at a very micro. Oh yeah. And it allow, because of the time span, like you have mm-hmm. close to 13 hours, maybe a little more, a little less. Really? It is a 13 hour movie. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, I mean, you, it allows you to kind of delve deep into a lot of the characters, even like some side characters you wouldn't expect to like, mm-hmm. or kind of really enjoy, or like, it really allows you to connect with them and like see their perspective and where they came from a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it really, even for like a lot of the minor characters, they have more personality and feeling to them than you would ever be able to get out of like a two to three hour film. Oh, absolutely. There's no way you, because anything beyond you hit that three hour mark in the movie theater, people just can't last. Yeah. Like, you know? cause you need you know restroom break. You need to get some food. Like they, yeah. when you're binging these things, like there's a setup, like you got some snacks That's involved. <laughs> like you're, you're prepping in advance for like the long binge, like the long haul of got, it. Got the icy cup to pee in just in case. Empty icy <laughs> well, cup. you can pause it. That, <laughs> that's the bo- nice thing as well. It's like, yeah. The bathroom's just, just there. Kidding. Just pause it. You're not going to miss a thing. Right. It's all good. Yeah, it it, it re- you're right. It really is. Does it allows for really golden age television and yeah. really good television. And too. the thing is, because of how much more time you're allowed to have, honestly, some of the Marvel shows like this are better than some of the Marvel films. And like, yeah. I love the Marvel films. I do, but that can take the time yeah, to do it like, right in here. Yeah. You can develop characters in so much. Like, you can never have developed Fisk like the show did no, on any of no. the films. No, because we'll get into that. He's a very slow build. Like, you look at how Marvel has that tendency of having, like, really bad movie villains, but you look at Fisk, and he's the most three-dimensional villain that's ever been on film or TV. You could almost see him in real life. That's how well Oh, yeah, exactly. Him. Yeah, yeah. Like, as it gets later on and we talk about, like, there's just so many components to him where... That is my favorite character of this show. Oh yeah, like yeah. easy. It's it, yeah. He like I, I like Matt show, Murdock. Really I like Smokey. I like I like a lot of the characters, but like there's just something about that dude. It's like, and it's such a well done. Like just the acting is so fucking superb. It is, and you know the other thing to mention is is there is even a uh, at least in this season, the first season, there's they start hinting even at the mythical side. Of things, just ever so slightly. They yeah, start it's talking. really it sets up for a lot of the shows later on, right? Season uh, two, especially, mm. and uh, probably Iron Fist, which is, releases here in a few weeks. Yeah, you know, which is very well, not just that, but like there's also small little Easter eggs throughout the thing to where you have like like reference to the larger Marvel universe or to like other things later on. Like um, I think there is like a small reference to Luke Cage at some point in this, uh, uh, or that might be in that's season two. Uh, it is Jessica Jones that introduces him. Introduces him, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's uh, go character by character, and we'll start with the two biggest in the in the series. Um, let's talk about Daredevil as well as as Fisk. Uh, both really very good origin stories. Yeah, I thought both were kind of slow build. Really. Um, yeah, they really do take their time with this. Um, yeah. um, with Daredevil, you do have the flashbacks about how he admired his father mm-hmm. and how much he relates to them. You have the aspects of his spirituality that they kind of build on and they play on with, as, with his morality. And the conve- conve- uh, um, confess- confessions. Yeah, yeah you say. have the aspects of him being raised after his father dies by Stick. As yeah. well, he gets trained by Stick temporarily. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he was in you know kind of the Catholic home before mm-hmm. that, and yeah. 
like there's so many aspects to his character that build up and you even have like flashbacks of like him and smoky in college and, foggy yeah yeah foggy yeah, yeah that's all right um the other thing um that that I kind of liked about this. He doesn't get the full Daredevil suit until the very end of the season. Yeah, it kind of works. Like by the time you see it, you're like, "Oh shit, that does look kind of cool." But yeah. like, it there is something of a realism that you even have like an origin story for the costume. Yeah, because he has to find this guy that built these regular suits for Fisk that just happen to be knife proof. Yeah, well, and, I mean, they're like like lead line uh-huh. or some shit, and, and that's like, who ends up making the suit for him. Otherwise, he's running around in his underwear, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's more or less like <laughs> running around like Zorro. Zorro, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good, good. Like good analogy, that's essentially actually, like yeah. minus the eye holes. That's the costume is classic Zorro. Yeah, he's kind of the blind Zorro running yeah. around. Yeah, it, it. So it, I really enjoyed uh, everything. It was it was a it was a good origin story. It was a slow build. It and it took time. Well, that and for him like. To, even he got you, his ass kicked a lot. At oh, first. so much. Yeah, I mean, like you see him just getting patched up throughout the entire thing. Like, there's an episode that's introduced with him being found like in a dumpster. Yeah, yeah, that's and, where uh, we'll get to her. Claire comes yeah. in. Yeah, but like that's the origin of that entire episode. Is just wow, he's so fucked up. Yeah, he's literally but, hanging on to life and death. And it's funny because you also have episodes where you have him explaining why he does what he does, why what drove him to that. And you talk about, like, the extra sensory things and, like, how he would hear people, like, down the road. And, like, there's, like, one scene. hear their heartbeats and yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And there was, like, one bit where he's talking about hearing, like, um, like, a stepfather or something, like, walking in on, like, his daughter, like, almost every other night or something like that. And you're just like, oh, fuck, yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't beat the shit out of that dude, right? Right, exactly. And you're like, so it gives you, like, that kind of reasoning is, like, and once you go to that part, like, where you hear that, where it's constantly in your face, like, you can't just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, something that's really interesting for Daredevil is, like, He's, even if it's buildings away, if it's, you know, like, in locked rooms, he hears it. He has to face it. That is his reality. So he's constantly confronted with evil, so therefore he feels like he yeah, has to like, do something. He doesn't have it. the option of turning away a blind eye. Right. Because even though he is blind, it's because he's constantly reminded he hears it it's just it's part of his universe Mm, that's a good like you have a lot of people where like you know you might hear the neighbors fighting and you know turn up the tv a little louder or go out or whatever right that's not an option yeah because he can't turn it well he he can control it but he can't really turn it off yeah yeah all right well let's uh Let's talk about the other main character. Let's talk about Fisk, uh, your favorite character. Yeah, I, know. Um, um, I think even by the time we get to some of the other shows for Marvel's like Netflix series, Fisk is clearly my favorite character. Well, I mean, I like how they started out with him because at first he's just a voice on the phone. Yeah, it's a very slow build as well. Yeah, and I love how they introduced the artwork with him. Mm. I think that's the first scene we actually see in him is actually looking at that wall oh, in the or the gallery. painting of the the blank painting. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because like for most people that's you know that's new age shit art, right? Right. Like, that's like, just why the it's hell color. Right. Why, why why would you care about? Why are you that? looking at a white wall? That yeah. yeah. But then you go back into like his origins as a child, and you're like, sh- oh fuck! How his father made him turn around while he beat his mom to death yeah. practically every time, and he had to look at the wall. And like yeah. that was just like a calming, just go to your safe place sort of thing mm-hmm. eventually. And yeah. you're just like, oh fuck, that's that's horrible. Which kind of explains and, why he's really driven by his emotions and what leads to that car door scene and just oh, how it fucking oh the fucking car is. door scene like that's the wow. moment you know this show 
is doing something the Marvel films could never fucking do. No. Because no. that, to me, like, I saw that and I was like, oh shit, there's less graphic scenes on Game of Thrones. I was like, kind of, it was, it was right up there. I, I tell you what, I, uh, I was kind of was like, am I watching like a video game, like a brutality here <laughs> for, or something? Yeah, you know? like, Except- you look at like Mortal Kombat's like fatalities and like, that's up there with him. Yeah. Like, if we're being fucking honest, man. Except, yeah, it's like, it's And the funny almost. thing, man, is like, that's his own subordinate. Yeah. And he did that just because it made his date, like, yeah, uncomfortable. You, interrupt, you like, interrupted his date. Ooh, yeah. Not that, like, don't wrong, like, it might have ruined the relationship and he got angry about it. There's motivation for it. But still. Once again, Fisk is actually a pretty three-dimensional character. Like, he has friends. Like, he has people he relates to in the love interest that he's clearly fucking adores Mm -hmm. so like you ruined something that fucking mattered to him and it couldn't slide oh yeah and it was it's fucking brilliant like you look at vanessa as like a character and by the end almost is like a partner for him like in more than one way she is an interesting character because the fact that she i i don't know if it's because she just sees his vulnerable side mm-hmm. because he is vulnerable. That's the other thing that makes Fisk an interesting character villain is yeah. he is vulnerable. Yeah. Like you can clearly see as a child, he was kind of emotionally damaged and was picked on. Yeah. And then as an adult, he allows himself to remain emotional and it's not a weakness for him. No. If anything, he, he channels it. Uh, yeah. In he rage. Really does. It's rage, like pure rage almost. But um, like he channels that into like just fucking power for himself. Power, homicidal. I, I don't know how to describe it, honestly. It's just rage. It's pure pure power through rage. Yeah. It, and then that's that's about Like, it. if you're talking about, like, a Sith in the DC universe, that's your it, fucking dude, almost. Yeah, or <laughs> he, Fisk... Or Marvel Universe. He's a, he's a crime boss, but he's, he's, he's so much more in this... In this yeah, and it's interesting know. having that rage, because for the most part, he's actually really composed. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he's, like slams the dude's fucking head off through a car door. Yeah. Like, moments later, completely fine. Yeah, Cold like, as ice. Just, yeah, back yeah. to normal. Just like, yeah, just get it cleaned up and we're good. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes him scary, though. Yeah, it's because, it, like, that's he, on a dime. A, a little light switch just... You're like, yeah, whoa. Like, okay. Real long fuse, but yeah. when it goes off, it is a hell of a bomb. And when it's done... It's business is kept normal. I think what's interesting when you compare Daredevil to Fisk is they both want to save the city. Yeah, they that, just want to. They're going about it different ways. And to be honest, if you, if it wasn't for Fisk, you know, willingness to do bad shit in order to get like get for the right done. consequences, yeah, you wouldn't view him as a villain. Everything he's actually trying to achieve in the long term mm-hmm. are pretty normal, decent goals for, like, rebuilding City. I mean, don't wrong, some Other of that... one to control it all, but yeah. yeah. I mean, some of it falls into gentrification and over-control of it, but overall, what he's actually looking for in terms of just making the city a better place isn't bad. No, and, you know... It's just he's willing to do a lot of shit to do it. It's, a, you know, a very consequentialist sort of view, whereas with Daredevil, you have a very motivational approach to yes. it. Like, it's your motivation that matter, it's to go not out, the consequences. He's going out there, to, he's taking matters in his own hands. But mm. Fisk is, too, in his own way, really. Yeah. It's just, it's very interesting to put these two 
together and go side by side. Fisk mm. is doing it because of what happened to him in his past. His father was trying to be a politician. Well, that and you I think know, that's he wants to be it. more of it than a crime lord. Yeah. He doesn't view himself as a villain. No, no. If any, he's always desiring to be the man that he's not. Yeah, like and he saw his father. He yeah. hated him. Right. And he always wanted to be better than him. Mm-hmm. He actually is pushing himself to be like the best version of himself. Yeah. And he actually succeeds in a lot of ways. <laughs> Outside of just his willingness to do messed up shit to get the results he wants. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the wrong way to do it, but yeah, it's... But I mean, you look at how many governments go from a consequentialist point of view, there's thousands of people in the world that have that mindset. I know, they get fed up and they want to... Not even just in terms of like... Like, you look at... I mean, essentially, that's the Pearl Harbor argument, isn't it? What? Is that it was okay... Yeah, sure, dropping, you know... a nuclear bomb shit but it the consequences of it are better than what it would have been otherwise yeah like i mean essentially that's the argument is like yeah he's doing fucked up shit to get to that point but that point's better than the alternative it would have arrived at right that's the justification yeah it's a consequentialist argument but that's his mentality of it like but that's you can view yourself as a good person and still do that but instead of one thing or one moment he's he looks at it that's how he does everything, though. Yeah. You know, that that's the difference. That's the big difference. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily everything. It's just a lot of funny things. Like, it's doing a lot of small things that are really messed up to get to the golden dream. The, you pro- know. the problem is, is he thinks that it's everything's a necessary evil to arrange, mm. to get to that, whatever he's well, yeah. desiring I mean, to get to. There, there's a know? fair argument to that. Yeah. 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 So... All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the uh, I guess uh, the co-stars. Um, let's talk about Karen. She's an interesting, very interesting character, I think. Yeah, I mean, you introduce her, and in, you know, pretty early on in the season, um, trouble kind of seems to follow Karen. In my opinion, yeah, and, it's, and it, it's it kind of hints at her having it kind of that issue in the past as well. Yeah, uh, especially once you get into her relationship with like uh, Ben, and this later on in the episode, it kind of talks about her past and how. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something kind of shady about that as well. Yeah, she's uh, she has a dark side, but again, she I don't know if it's she's she has like a constant curiosity and it seems to be driven by wanting to at least see justice done mm. or at least her idea of what justice is. She, yeah, she I never mean, really gives up, you know. It's I think like that's something you do cost. kind of see in this episode. There's a lot of characters that are really enamored with their concept of justice of their concept of making the world a better place mm-hmm. and go about it in very different ways. Yeah. Um, cause even though Karen and foggy want to, you know, actually have a lot in common with like Matt and daredevil, they'd go about how they want to make the world better slightly differently. Yeah. And I mean, even with Matt and foggy later on, you do see that being kind of a contrast with them. Yeah, it, it was funny how she's introduced because she's introduced as the damsel in distress, kind of. But then she becomes so much more. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, you know, essentially, she kind of grows and evolves as a character pretty heavily throughout this like season, mm-hmm. and you see her kind of being almost a different character by the end of it. I mean, oh, don't yeah. wrong, definitely similar personality traits, but yeah, a lot different. Or you just. At the very least, you see very different aspects of her. Very much so, because it, it, we'll get to that. It, well, yeah, let's just go ahead and talk about it. her dark side. When she shoots and kills Wesley at the end of the season. Mm. I was not expecting that. No. I mean, Wesley was toying with her. Yeah. And why he put a real bullet in the gun, I'll never know. But 
she called his bluff. I think that's essentially just, Wesley was a very confident character. Very confident, like, and there was a reason he was Kingpin's right hand. Oh yeah, and there's a reason when he dies, Kingpin goes fucking apeshit. Oh, I know it, it, it because he's he did everything for. Yeah, him. well, that, I mean, he really was a friend for him. Yeah, he was probably his only friend, really, yeah. other than Vanessa. Also, I, I don't know if we included in the notes too heavily, but Wesley as a character is fucking fascinating. In this uh, yeah, show. I was almost sad to see him die. I, I didn't like him. I, 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 I liked no, him as a was, villain, but I didn't like I, him. I, I loved Wesley as a character, and like I actually was kind of upset they killed him off, because it was like, he was like the most confident dude on the show. And he was like fascinating characters, because not only is he almost as equally calm as Kingpin is, even what... Even when Fisk is going in a mad rage, mm-hmm. he's just there, hanging out. He's calm. He's collected. Even more so. <laughs> I Like, he handles the business of it all so fucking perfectly. He does really, really well. He's he's the perfect sidekick, or, you know, counterpart to, to Fisk. But I think I was okay with him dying because it revealed something about Karen. I oh, was yeah. not expecting it that. It definitely has a narrative effect, and there's justification for it. Yeah. I and just, I mean, like, in developing Karen further as a character who you really, when you're first introduced, you don't actually expect her to really be much character. of a character. Like, you don't even expect her to, like, really continue after that storyline's no. resolved, but she does. Yes, very and much And continues so. and grows. And um, I think the actress who played her was also on True Blood a few uh, years before that and did a pretty decent role in that as well and here she does a really good acting job she does and by the end of, and even in the very first or last episode I should say she's already she's feeling guilty that she did it yeah too, which is an interesting it's a good thing yeah I mean it definitely showed like complexity of emotions with her character yeah she's very very emotional very I don't know which way I don't ever ever since she shot Wesley I'm never sure which direction they're going to go with her anymore yeah. because She's kind of a firecracker waiting to explode, it seems like. I, I yeah, don't know. I mean, that, and we don't really know what the issue is with her backstory. Like, right. what, what was the horrible thing she kind of did that, you know, yeah. it's kind of hinted at. You're right. And then the only other thing to mention about her is she kind of flirts with Foggy, and that <laughs> kind of sets up sort of a seed well, of I a don't love triangle, I'd... maybe, kind of, sort of, in a way. I'm not sure if I consider it flirting too heavily with Foggy, but it, Foggy definitely flirts with her. Oh, yeah. So it definitely does seem like it's all kind of one way. Yeah. Um, or she's interested in Matt, and Matt's not really interested. And, in, yeah. You know, Foggy's kind of interested in her. Everybody's sort of chasing everybody else's tail. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, let's, for time's sake, let's, uh, we could probably talk about Karen a little bit more, but let's move on to uh, Ben Yurick. Um, once a champion for justice as an investigative reporter, it's kind of falling on hard times because of the whole newspapers not selling due to the internet kind of thing. Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, pretty much a lot yeah. of print has had kind of a dying in media, newspapers mm-hmm. in particular. So it, it's actually kind of interesting to see that thrown in the storyline yeah. because it is it's actually... It's a real-life theme, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have a lot of things, even like the New York Times, that are having a hard time adjusting to the media world and, yep. like, how do you have ad agency or, you know, ad... You know, yep. things kind of include that. How are you covering costs in the new world? Yeah. He's having a hard time with with things because... And his wife has got some sort of illness. Um, um, it's like Alzheimer's or dementia, dementia or something or like that. Something uh, like that. But it, I don't know if it says it very specifically what it is, but there is definitely a memory component to it that actually makes it pretty depressing. 
Yeah. I mean, having, you know, relatives that have gone through Alzheimer's, it's, you know, a depressing element as well. That's kind of a real world inspiration. Yeah. He just, he seems like he's, he's just up against the wall and, um, he's still trying to do the right thing, but he's, yeah, he's trying it's to not do... the way things used to be. And yeah, I mean, it does done. seem like even on the newspaper ends when the stories they are selling are more, here's tabloid. a tweet, here's some tabloid bullshit. And he's right. like, no, I'm an investigator journalist i'm an old school journalist yeah I, I, i'm getting a proper fucking story out there and they're like well we need some shit that sells and as much as as much as i hate the media today the new like the the news outlets of today that we have i think that's why i like this character that much more because he is old school he is of the old oh, yeah. journalistic integrity I mean, anyone who's constantly frustrated with tabloidization of like how our entire news media. Yes. yeah yes yeah it's definitely a character you can relate to where it's like because it's just constantly talking about people's opinions or bullshit or, and just like, it really does almost seem like investigative journalism has gone dead or, you know, the people that do do it are considered, you know, leakers and then prosecuted or have to flee the country or some bullshit. I was really shocked to see him die too. I thought he'd be around for the next season at least. I kind of thought so too. And kind of taking Karen under his wing kind of thing. And then he's, though I was also kind of surprised when they actually went up to like an old folks home and you actually meet like Fisk, his mom, Mom. like before it delves into like his like backstory. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, either Karen's going to die or he's going to die or they're both. Oh yeah. Like, cause it clearly goes out of its way to be like, Fisk is clearly trying to hide her. And then it's like, and you, for you just prop- saw what he did when somebody interrupted his date. Now you're messing with the boy's mama. Yeah. Yeah. Who clearly also led a rough life if we're not right. You know. And, and let's let's face it, Karen pushed him into doing it. He didn't even want to do yeah. it. You know, yeah. her that curiosity that Yeah, he was actually for- looking for like a nursing home for his wife. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, so, Karen got Karen got him killed. killed. Yeah. yeah. So the, more guilt for Karen, but still I I was sorry to see him go. He, he, oh, I, yeah, it was a good character. It's a good character. So. You know, it was a good supporting cast on, you know, kind of the good side, you know, here. Whereas oh, yeah. on, you know, kind of for Fist side and the dark side um, or of the show, like, you had, you know, Madame Gao, you had the one accountant, yep. you had the two Russian subordinates, one who gets his head, head bashed, bashed in. off, yeah. Um, so there was actually even, like, you know, for the bad guys here, you had a lot of really good supporting cast. The ninja who turns out to oh, be... Oh, yeah, the, um, we the won't triad say what, guy. Yeah, we won't say what Huey becomes in season two, but... Yeah, but... But a ninja... Oh, yeah, but his fight scene, like, with the, like, hook yes. chain thing? Yes. Like, pickle and chain? Uh-huh. I guess that's what you'd call it. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, I mean, that was such a great fucking fight scene. Oh, it was great. I loved every second of that. That was... And Matt gets his absolute ass handed to him. Yeah. That whole fight scene. Oh, You're, yeah, like, you... There's a bit where the sickle goes like into his side, side rips. And, yeah, ah. and you can just hear like the actual pull on it, and it's yeah. just like there's so many moments in the show where you're just like you're cringing at the fight scenes because like it comes across that fucking well. And if we're talking about fight scenes, just real briefly, that hall fight scene. Oh yeah, it definitely took a lot fantastic. from like Old Boy, like which is a great Korean like film, but well, disturbing Korean film, but like yeah, just you have that one continuous shot, Not- and it's just also close and oh, compact and you clearly dude. see them wanting to do this in like every other like marvel show right like, like on netflix try to top it what, yeah what's they next. clearly have wanted to try it and but this yeah. one really does still kind of stand out as being one of the better ones oh, i think i think it is but it's it, it's the groundbreaker so yeah and i mean like and then you just at the end of it you like you just walks off grabs a kid and they walk out and it's like yeah 
there is just so many good moments, like for in terms of action sequences for this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Okay, let's move on to Foggy. Um, Foggy's kind of like the loyal dog. He's uh, he's a he's a loyal friend. He's, yeah, he believes like, in he believes in his friendship with Matt. Yeah, he At, is a very know. loyal dude. He's kind of a happy-go-lucky guy in some regards. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he also allows himself to kind of be open about how he feels about things and how he sees things. And yeah, he's he believes that him and Matt Nelson and Murdoch can change the world legally. Yeah, and know, I mean through their, I, their this law is clearly firm. something that even Matt kind of believes in some regard because mm-hmm. this is something he kind of pushed for. Yeah. But at the same time, like, they really are going out of their way of trying to, like, improve the system through a legal process. And clearly is a dude that is competent enough to work at larger firms, which is kind of something they've shown. Yeah, and I really thought that they were going to have Matt be both. It, maybe this is just stereotypical other hero shows that I've seen in the past. I really thought you were going to see more of them in the in the courtroom yeah. than we got. Yeah, you really you know, don't see a whole lot of it in the not first in season. season one. And, and, and I was... I was kind of expecting a lot more of that, and they did. And instead, Foggy what you kind of do see is like how that kind of sets up some of the missions you have as Daredevil. Like you do see like the Tenant case, like where they're actually acting as lawyers, right. kind of kind of set up some and of the I, other things with Fist. And I thought they would keep doing that. Yeah, but instead, they surprised me again, and Foggy finds out that Matt's Daredevil. Yeah, which throws Foggy for an absolute. Oh loop. yeah. You know, and so it, I wasn't yeah, expecting it, that again. I was surprised. And you actually have a nice clash of opinions about yeah. how they do things. Because for Foggy, up until this point, you actually see him kind of like making fun of Daredevil. Of right, because I do think we do things within the law. Yeah, you know? like that's a vigilante. That You don't break the law to serve the law. That's fucking stupid. Right. Like, there's a actual kind of a valid opinion in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. He's the moral voice, really, um, against his vigilanteism. Yeah, I mean, way. like, he's not quite Jiminy Cricket, but... No, yeah. but, but you know, it. it uh, I guess he kind of gets over that at some point by the end of the season, but it's still an issue. Kinda? Kinda, not really. Um, it's like, still there, but he's, ex- he's, he's going along with it. Yeah, like, he's not like, fuck you, I'm out. Right. Which is kind of almost happens, but... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, you see him being a very sociable dude. Like, you see him kind of getting along with everyone. Like, yeah, he really is kind of the face of, like, their, you know, legal team. He's, uh, to pull up the Lord of the Rings reference, he is Matt Sam. You You think so? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't know, man. I I never really looked at him that way, but... He kind of is. I mean, he's his best. He's the guy's... I don't... They... Well, I... I I think he keeps Matt grounded to a certain extent. Yes, I think he'll always be there for... He'll always be... A friend to Matt, no matter what happens. I'll he wants to way. be anyway. Yep. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the key to all the defenders because we—that's what we've been told. And that's well. I mean, she's been in she's every been season of the Marvel show so, so far, far, and we we do know already. They've said that she's the key to the whole because we all know that Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all eventually get together and create the defenders. That's not a spoiler alert. That's mm. been publicly and that this. Next yeah, character. they've already released the promos for right. the Defenders and such. And the, which this, actually, even the promos for the Defender actually looks really cool because it's that kind of slowed down Nirvana song in the that's background. That's very cool, where they keep yeah. ripping off the, the letters. Oh, also, before we get into this briefly, just like a small moment to talk about the intro to Daredevil. It's oh, yes, so fucking forgot about fantastic. That. that is very cool. I like how the uh, it looks like paint or blood and it just and it's starts just kind forming of, things yeah, out dripping of, down uh, and, over things. Yes, yeah, like a sculpt. It's like. And it has like this little sculpt, liquid sculpture, sculpture thing. It. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I visually, admit. like 
like even though there's like 13 episodes, I never wanted to skip over that. Yeah, you always want to watch the intro. <laughs> yeah, you like not only does the song kind of set the mood, there's it's such a cool visual effect. Like it's really hard to replicate how well that was done. Like, and it really sets the mood for everything. And just it's so fucking cool, just even on its own. <laughs> you could sit there and watch that over and over again. Like <laughs> maybe not for like 10 minutes, but it's something like. Like I said, I won't skip over it. Yeah, like, it is it, cool. I because I like watching it. Like it's it visually, well, it's something I enjoy. Like it's, it's not like you see blood going over a mannequin's head or something. It just forms out of air. Yeah, out of thin air. That's what makes it cool. Yeah, and it's almost kind of like an illusion to like how he sees things, or at least you think it is until it actually how gets he sees to, the world. Yeah, yeah kind of until like it shows the whole seeing fire thing, right? Which is actually also kind of a cool. Little, that was pretty like, neat, really. Like it works so much better than like the old like Daredevil film where it's just like. Uh. Little I, dots and I've echo only location seen bits thing. And, I've only seen bits and pieces, but yeah, I, I supposedly there's a better cut all. than the original version, but I've never seen I've it, heard so about I don't that. know. I, I, yeah, I don't know, I, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, let's get to the, the one. Electra spinoff is much worse if it's any console. I've heard that as well. We'll yeah. talk about her in season two. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's talk about the key. The one character shows up in all the series that she's apparently the key to uniting the defenders at some point. We, at least we think. Mm. Uh, her name is Clara Temple. She's a night shift nurse. Um. Basically, I. She basically puts Matt back together after she finds him in a dumpster. Yeah. After getting his ass kicked in the previous episode. Yeah. Like, pretty bad. Not yeah, bad I mean, that's the... the uh, but pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty much patches him up, and then they kind of hang out and talk, and... Yeah. Like, she's kind of, I guess, his go-to medical aide, since he doesn't want to go to the hospitals or vets or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, she, she's got a lot of medical skills for just a nurse. I'll give her that. Yeah. I mean, she knows how to patch him up pretty well. Well, I, I think yeah. it focuses on her being an ER nurse and, like, having uh, to cover a bit more than she would have to otherwise. There, yeah, that's true. I, I forgot about so that So it definitely has that component to where it kind of is trying to justify, like, her ability to, like, patch him up so well. <laughs> right. It's uh, like... She's more or less a doctor, but it's not a doctor. It's no, kind of how they're trying really. to present it almost. Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably... I would think of... you think they would have made her like a physician's assistant or something. I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, um, so, yeah, she, she patches him up. And she also has a, a very quick love interest, I guess, with Matt. Almost like a nurse nightingale kind yeah, of thing going on. kind of. I mean... I'm, um, it doesn't last, though, because she can't handle him being Daredevil. Yeah, like, she kind of... I mean, you get to see the dude get roughed up so much, you have to keep patching him up. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's, you know, yeah. a bit of a, you know, flame killer in some ways. Right, so... Um, well, that, and I think that's also one of the things that makes Murdoch kind of interesting, is because you have so many people in his life that don't under understand that aspect of it, mm -hmm. and you have to force him to kind of re-explain why he does what he does so often. Well, yeah, because it... it it's it's ludicrous, right? Because he's in some ways, yeah. He goes out night after night. Not only does he put his life on his line, but he gets, especially in the first season, he's still trying to learn how to to really put all his skills together. Yeah, like he most gets, of that season, he does not have a bulletproof jacket. Most of that season, he's getting the fuck beat out of him. I mean, he's getting roughed up pretty bad. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, like he's getting his ass kicked every other episode. I mean, he's winning, but he's not winning easily. Yeah, you know. Like it, if you've ever seen like the old like Kick Ass film, like it's, you kind of have a similar thing where the dude's going out there getting his ass beat I, over and over again. And I think that's the other thing I liked about this series is this hero he gets winded. Yeah, he, gets, he loses his breath. He's you know. Yeah, it he's adds real. that dimension of realism to it. Yeah, like not necessarily realistic, but. 
but closer. Closer. I mean, yeah, the the extrasensory stuff, the mystical stuff is is suspension of disbelief, but everything else. Yeah, like it's you watch some yeah. of the stuff and you're like, oh yeah, someone could do that. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, like he's not like he's jumping off, you know, the top of buildings, landing, no. like doing the superhero landing. He's doing the Jackie Chan stuff. Yeah. He's a Jackie Chan guy, but you know, other than that, I mean, it's it's believable. Yeah, to a certain degree, and I think I, that's the other part I like. It's you get to know through these Netflix series, we get to know these characters so much better. Oh yeah, I mean, and you get to see the real human side. And I think going it. back to Wilson and or. Um, Fisk and Matt Murdock, like you have the clash as individuals, not just as like their superhero or supervillain, like alter egos. Yeah. Like there's that bit where, you know, Matt goes to the art gallery with Vanessa and, you know, talks to Fisk, you know, as himself. That's true. And like, you actually do clearly have those conflicts just on like a philosophical level, level. between them, even though yeah. they are similar people, people in some regards. Yeah. Before they start, that's before they even start their whole war. With yeah. Them. Yeah. As Daredevil and Fisk. Yeah. And I mean, it, you just have so many interesting moments where it really is allowing the characters to drive the story rather than the story driving the characters. And, you know, it, it, it was a, I think I enjoyed it so much more because he didn't have the suit till the end. Yeah. And then once he does get the suit, then it, it's almost, it's it's the reward at the end of the season for, yeah. for watching him go through like all it's, this hell. It's the one thing that allows him to almost keep up with Fisk yeah. and actually kind of turn the tides in some way. It does because at the end, you know, he's got the suit and he beats the fuck out of Fisk. He beats him. Oh yeah. Like know. that last fight scene See. between Daredevil and Fisk at yeah. like before Fisk gets captured. Mm-hmm. That is an epic fucking fight. It's pretty cool. Like, yeah. You just have, like, Fist just picking him up and slamming Slamming. him fucking down. (laughs) Like, without that suit, there would have been so many more fucking broken bones. Very much so, yes. I don't think he would have survived, probably. No, no. Like, clearly Fisk is able to almost, like, tear down fucking walls. Yeah, he has superhuman strength, almost. Like, it's not quite, like, Superman or, like, anything you'd consider maybe super... I th- sometimes I wonder if he's got like a little bit of that Luke Cage thing going on in there somehow because he's somewhere. pretty durable too. Yeah, yeah. but like, don't get me wrong, he gets knocked out, but right, but, but it, it takes, takes a lot. lot. It's like you take it to hit him with a damn Mack truck. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's not necessarily superhuman, but it's close. It's, it's on the high end of the spectrum. It seems, right? seems to be enhanced at some point. Yeah, I, you know, but like it's. You're always dealing with someone like the mountain from Game of Thrones. Yes, very if much. not, That's maybe a, a little analogy. higher. That's a good analogy. Game, Game of Thrones mountain. Yeah. yeah, like just a dude that could tear someone's fucking eyes out or head off or anything, man. Like physically, he has the capability of it. Definitely. All right, so it's a good quick review. Uh, let's just go right into final thoughts and grades. All right, Aaron, uh, what's your final thought and grade on Daredevil Season 1? Uh, for me, it'd be an A+. I think you have some of the most well-rounded characters that actually come up on TV, um, or at least in the superhero genre. You don't necessarily have the same formula you have for every other DC show that's out there or Marvel show that's out there on like the network shows. I mean, you look at Fist, and who not only has friends and love interests and is one of the most developed villains you will ever see like on a show mm-hmm. who's actually you're almost rooting for him by the end of it just a little bit a little bit maybe yeah but like even you, you get don't, to see the vulnerability of the guy and yeah like yeah. you may not agree with nestle with what he's doing or everything but you kind of like he's a character that you kind of like by the end of it and which is weird because you also like matt murdoch you like daredevil you understand where he's coming from and right it's one of those things that's really nice because there's no one that's like 
you don't have Fist being generically like, I'm evil and going to destroy the world. It's like, he views himself as a good guy. He has good goals. Well, that's what makes... It's, it's the clash that makes it more interesting is because both of them view themselves as being just in their own way. Oh, yeah. You have almost a philosophical argument behind their fist, and it's mm-hmm. it makes it fascinating to watch. And it's setting the tone for the rest of the Marvel like show series that really does kind of work for this universe and on this level. And it was a great series and a great season. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and you know, building off of that, I think every you can't have a great villain unless they really believe that they are in the right. Mm. Because it really makes that's what makes them even more scary is because they really believe they're doing the right thing. And when they do that and they can do terrible things, keep doing terrible things, believing they're doing the right thing or doing the necessary even mm. to do the right thing. That makes them that much more dynamic, that much better. So, um, and I love how this show, again, the, the compare and the contrast between Daredevil and Fisk, uh, they, uh, I've heard it described in other uh, reviews as the yin and the yang, really. Mm. They really are. They're, they're opposites, even though they're trying to do the same thing. They're just doing it from completely different points of view. Um, I love that. I love the action. I love the darkness, the grittiness of it. I love the the... The, uh, the format of the 13-hour episode, mm. the binge-watching, uh, you know, you can watch as much as you want. You can, like I said, you can pause it, you come back to it, you can watch it all in a row, yeah. you know, and you can, it's literally a 13-hour movie from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and visually, it was done so amazingly oh, well. Visuals were great. Like, it's not something where they really skimped out on that. Like, visually, it looks movie quality for the most part. It does. It really does. It's uh, it's probably just... Well, you know, it, it is pretty close to movie. I was going to say maybe just a step below. Hey, don't worry. It might not be, like, what the Marvel films are. Well, it's not, like, major, you know, spaceships and alien invasions and lasers being... You know, all around you, and a Hulk, a big Hulk. Yeah, but I mean, if things, you look at the production value in this versus probably with the average CW or like ABC show today, oh, it's, it's far definitely above that. Yeah, it's it's like this is maybe not like modern big budget movie, but like five, ten years ago, this is big budget movie quality. Oh yeah, and you can't you can't tell the story that they're telling on network television anyway. It's, yeah, it's far too dark. It's far too drama mm. based, especially when we talk about our next binge cast or uh, binge watch episode is going to be Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, that is nothing but drama. Well, not I just mean, that, but like we're talking ta- dark yeah. shit. Yeah, like it went from like physically violent to emotionally violent. Yes, yeah. and we'll that'll be our next uh, next episode. So uh, probably next week. So be looking for that. That'll be the next binge watch uh, episode. So, all right. right. So, uh, where can you find Four Midwest Guys? Well, it's real easy. Uh, We now have a website. You can go to www.thenumber4midwestguys.com all together. There you can find uh, links to our Facebook, our YouTube, podcast, uh, our Podbean, uh, the uh, iTunes. All that stuff's there. Plus, we also have all of our podcasts listed there. We also have categories for each one of our podcasts. So on the website, you're going to see a new category for binge watch. And under binge watch, all of our binge watch episodes will be there. We do Star Wars Rebels episodic reviews. Those are all under one category. Marvel DC Kings is all under one category if you want. Or you can go chronologically through as we release them and you can watch them. So uh, a lot of good stuff going out there. We also have... uh, John does his uh, Oscar bro. Uh, we just had the the Oscars are coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
actually tomorrow and he just did his Oscar the Oscar bro did his Oscar prediction so that just got released as well so go up to floormidwestguys.com and make sure you catch all of that subscribe follow and like us and uh, just reach out to us too you can also leave a comment under each individual podcast and we uh, you can also uh, through there through contact us you can leave us a message as well so uh, make sure you do that that thing, again that's www.number4midwestguys.com all right, Aaron. Well, thanks for joining us on our very first uh, binge watch. Yeah, not a problem. Absolutely. And this is B. Willie saying we will catch you next time.